So let's go straight into the talk. We obviously use um, the outline of notes that are there from Rick Warren. You can find them on your version app. If any of you want to follow along in that, it might be helpful to you. And you can make your own notes. He, I listened to him yesterday on this. He spoke on this subject for an hour and four minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I have 29, 28. So I'm going to do my best. It's, it's entitled, the, the way the series will go is it will build. So this is very foundational today and we want to keep building as we go through the six weeks. It's entitled, The Beginner's Guide to Prayer. 40 Days of Prayer. Now prayer is such a huge subject. So what I did when I came to it for this first talk, I did what any preacher, male, female preacher should do. I Googled it. I Googled prayer. And this is what I found. 629 million results when I typed in the word prayer. 139 million videos. 52 million news items. And 103 million books. So I think there's quite a lot of material for us to get to. Hello? That's how many, that's prayer if you just Google that. Now I've been a pastor doing this for 30 years. 25 this coming months in April here in Cambridge, five years somewhere else, over 30 years. And I've learned some things about prayer. And I just want to share three things right at the beginning that I've observed in relation to to prayer. Number one, this. I've learned we are all wired to pray. There's something in everybody in the world, or most people, should we say, that will turn to prayer. Buddhists pray. Hindus pray. Muslims pray. Jews pray. Christians pray. Even unbelievers pray. A lot of atheists that I've met pray in a tough situation. Why? They don't believe in that God, but there's this response that they pray. I found an article as I was Googling in The Guardian. This was written in January 2018, and it was a survey on prayer in the UK. And this was written by Harriet Sherwood, the religion correspondent. And she wrote this. Just over half of all adults in the UK pray. And they're increasingly likely to call on God while engaged in activities such as cooking or exercising, according to the poll. One in three people pray in a place of worship and a third of people pray before going to sleep or on waking, she writes. Others combine prayer with daily activities. One in five pray while doing household chores or cooking. 15% pray while traveling. And 12% pray during exercise or other leisure pursuits. Just under half of those who pray said they believed God hears their prayers. Which suggests a slim majority feel their prayers are not answered. Four in ten go further saying prayer changes the world. Oh, am I in the right place? Church, <laughs> prayer changes the world. A number, similar number said it makes them feel better. Just turn to the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, find someone and just ask them, talk to them, what do they think the top three subjects are 
that people pray for? Go on, just quickly. Top three subjects that people pray for. Go on. Top three. Okay. Got an answer? What do you think was number one in this survey that people pray for? Help? No. Healing? No. Family. The man with the wonderful beard under the second row here said it right. Family. 71% said the first thing they pray for is family. What do you think was number two? Help. What was that? Money. Money. No. Do you know what the second was? Peace. No. The second thing that people pray is simply thank you. I was quite heartened by that. 40% of those that said they pray, pray, 42% rather, pray a prayer of thanks. And the last one you've already said, healing. 40% pray for healing. And another 40%, fourth one, pray for friends. According to Isabel Hamley, the chaplain to the Archbishop of Canterbury, she says this, prayer is primarily a line of communication with God. Thinking, reflecting, bringing one's concerns and worries into a bigger picture. She writes, prayer can involve requests, but it's unhelpful to see God as a heavenly Santa Claus. Many people are driven to pray at some point in their lives, even if they're not religious. She says, she says God hears everyone's prayers. Did you hear that? God Hears everyone's prayers. If there's one thing I'd like to break in your thinking today, it's that your prayers are not as important as the Archbishop of Canterbury's or mine. God hears everyone's prayers. Everyone seems to pray at some point in their life and God hears every prayer. Why is it that everyone Praise at some point, I believe, is because eternity is in the heart of man. There is something of an eternal DNA in us that we know there must be something bigger than this. There must be something more than what we just see. There must be someone beyond. And so when we're in trouble or when times are going good, we pray. We give thanks because we're wired to pray. Second thing I've learned is this. This is a really important one. I've learned... We're not very good at prayer, and we know it. I made a little bit of a survey, did a bit of a little survey myself, and I asked people a few questions as I was leading up to this. And I asked them how they felt about prayer. This is some of the responses. Inadequate. I don't really know what to pray, someone said. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to say it. I don't feel confident. In fact, many of you here, if I was to say this right now, would someone come and lead us in prayer? A lot of you, what you immediately do is you put your head down because you're very unconfident about praying out loud. In fact, I'd say this. Some of you husbands and wives, you don't pray together, which is a, a real loss because the devil's done a number on you and you don't like to hear yourself pray and you think your prayers are inadequate. God hears everyone's prayers. 
Some of you don't even like praying out loud to say thank you for food. One of my favourite prayers ever that I've heard is this one. Just take a look. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. You know You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace at many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh, sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. <laughs> we laugh because sometimes we can... I've, I've been in prayer meetings where people go round and round and round and add in things, approaching it from different angles, and you're just waiting them for, for them to land the thing. You think, when is this going to finish? You don't need some special kind of language. You don't need to add in scriptures just for it to be effective prayer. I'm not knocking using scripture in prayer. But God wants to hear your voice. We know we're inadequate. We know we can't do it. But it's, it basically is a conversation with God. And lots of people feel inadequate in regard to prayer. This week, Ange mentioned we've been in Uganda. I, I, I've gone on the board with Watoto UK and it was a, a gathering for 25 and 25th anniversary of all the boards across the globe. 10, 15 boards that were there. America, Canada, all over Europe, Africa. And we were there and I, I'm, I'm a pastor and there's other people there, business people there, pastors of mega churches there. Watoto itself has 33,000 people in church this weekend. It's essentially a church. And, and I'm there. And we had this introduction to one of the boards that was struggling. And then we were going to pray for them. So Gary Skinner said to me, he said, Steve, would you pray? I said, of course, I'm a pastor. I'll pray. So I, I get up and I pray. And I lay hands on this board. That's a people, that is. Not, not a board, a cardboard. It's people. And I prayed with all my might. Inside I'm going, what else can I say? And I'm just about to finish it, and I think, no, I'll, I'll go a bit longer. 
because it sounded a little bit holy if I go longer. Longer isn't stronger, by the way, but I did. A bit longer. And then I'm coming into land again, and something else came into my mind. I prayed for something else, and I shouted it out, because shouting helps, doesn't it? Because God is rather hard of hearing. And they're all amen in, and I finished the prayer, and there was an amen in the room. I prayed. Then I sat down. You know what the first thing I did was? I sat next to my wife, and out the corner of my mouth, I said, was that all right? She looked at me. I said, was that all right? Was that prayer all right? She said, it was a prayer, wasn't it? Yeah. I suddenly felt inadequate. And was it acceptable? If God heard it, it was acceptable. And last I did hear, God hears and answers prayers. So in all our inadequacies, in all our lack of confidence, I just want you to know God hears you. My favorite prayer, prayer was my dad. But I could never pray like my dad. And I always felt inadequate related to my dad's prayers. My dad only ever read the King James Version of the Bible. And my dad, when he prayed, somehow had mastered King James Bible language. So my father only ever addressed God in terms of thee and thou. I'm not knocking him. Just telling you what. So he, his first line is always the same. And my dad had a much deeper voice than me. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we beseech thee. I never knew what beseeching was. I remember, why is it beseech? We beseech thee. Until <laughs> I was about 16. Oh, I know. And I used to listen to my dad and think, I wish I could pray like him, but I was confused. I'll tell you what my dad used to do. Every prayer he prayed, the sense of repentance, of how inadequate he was, and how, how much of a sinner he was. I, always, I grew up thinking, my dad must be awful. The way he prays, he must have done so many bad things. Do you know what? My dad was really good. I've done much worse than him. What are you laughing at? I have. I've done much worse than him. I I, I thought, I can't. He seemed to gut-wrenchingly repent. And I'm thinking, oh, what have I done? I must do some really bad stuff in order to be able to repent properly. My dad... These and thou's, we beseech thee. Didn't understand a word of what he said. The prayer meetings that we went to, it was like a competition of who could pray longest without a glass of water or who could use the most firm. Now listen, I know God heard those prayers. So I'm not, not, how do I know God heard those prayers? Because one of those things that he prayed for was me. In fact, the most real part of his prayer was always when he prayed for me. And I used to listen to him as I sat on the end of the stairs. Because it used to start like this. This is how it went when he prayed for me. <sighs> I remember. He just went. <sighs> and then this is what he used to pray. And we pray for our Steve with, our, with his unreasonable fears. See, I was a I was, tr- I was troubled, man. I was troubled. God heard his prayer. God delivered me from my... So I know those prayers worked. But what my point is this. He said it in the way he'd learned it. He said it in his way. God heard it because God speaks any language, including Shakespearean King James Version. 
But he can speak like me and like you. God hears your prayer, your voice. If you want to say, we beseech thee this day, that's all right. But if you want to say, God, will you listen? He can come with that as well. Do you know that so many of the Psalms are laments? God can cope with your lament. God can cope with hearing you say, God, I am so ticked off. I believed you were giving me that job and I didn't get it. God's not saying, how dareth thee? How can you speak to me like that? He's saying, it wasn't the best job for you. If you, you've never prayed a prayer, listen, you've never prayed a prayer that's never been answered. Every prayer you've prayed has been answered. The prayer answer has either been yes, no, not now, or what do you think you're saying? They're the four responses. I am now at the stage of life where I'm thanking God for the prayers that weren't answered. Thank God you didn't answer that one. Because if you'd have given me what I was asking for, then I'd have destroyed me and others around me. Everyone feels inadequate when, in their prayer life. Don't beat yourself up. Don't look at yourself and say, I can't, I can't. Yes, you can. How do I know you can? Because you've got a voice. And God wants to hear your prayers. Listen to this. Listen to this. this is the Apostle Paul. How many think the Apostle Paul was quite a good Christian? <laughs> he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He, was, he did okay. This is what he wrote in Romans 8, 26. We don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. And then it goes on to say, I haven't got it in my notes here, but the Spirit has given us groanings that cannot be uttered. So when my dad went, that was a groaning that God heard. Some of you just need to set some time aside at home to sit down and go, but say it to God. Just groan. I love this song we're singing. Come on, I, love, I want you all to join in because you're the good service to do that. that one, the bit where it goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love that line. That's one of the best lyrics that's been written for years. Because inside, for me right now, that's relating to something. I'm feeling, yeah, whoa, whoa. You, you too? No, okay. It's expressing something. And until you can let the groans go, it doesn't have to be articulate. It doesn't have to be these and that. Just, oh, la, la, la. Choose. Now, I'm not saying not speaking English or your mother tongue. I'm just saying God hears you. One day, Jesus with his disciples was walking along. They didn't know how to pray either. Guys who've been with Jesus for three years and they didn't have a clue how to pray. So this is Luke 11. He said, they said to them, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When it was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They'd watched him heal the sick. They'd watched him preach messages which are being unpacked to this day. One of the greatest communicators that ever lived. They'd watched him walk on water. They'd watched him lay hands on the sick. And nowhere do we get them asking, oh, teach us how to do the miracles, Lord. Oh, teach us how to speak with like a great orator. Teach us, Jesus. Don't say that. He says, teach us how to pray. Because somehow they'd seen 
the connection, the communication with the Father was the secret to Jesus' success. It was this communion. It was this relationship that they had. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. We'll look at that prayer in the next few weeks as a pattern of prayer. Number three, this I've observed. Our frustrations with prayer are caused by our misconceptions about prayer. It's simply a conversation. One thing it isn't, I just put some things in your notes that it isn't. Prayer is not a magic wand. If any of you are Harry Potter fans and I'm not, it's not the way to pray. You're not going to say, husband, change in Jesus' name. It doesn't work like that. I don't know why I chose husbands, but we'll just go with that one. It doesn't work that way. God is not at your beck and call. You are at his. He's not our servant, we're his. It's not a magic wand. Prayer is not a fire extinguisher, which we only pull out in emergencies. How about just starting each day with these next 40 days? Rather than praying simply when there's a disaster or simply when you want something, just starting the day with, good morning, Lord. You are good. Your mercies are wonderful. Just, just a line that sets the whole day. How many have ever heard people say in situations, all we can do is pray? All? It's the best thing we can do. Pray. Prayer is not, number three, a tug of war. You know, there's some parables in the Bible which are revealing what God is like. When Jesus does the teaching of Bibles like the prodigal son, primarily it's telling us what the father is like. But there are other parables which are telling us what the father is not like. And there's one that's been abused, I think, over the years, which is the parable of the, the judge. When a woman comes before the judge asking for justice and the judge won't listen. And the woman keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming until eventually the judge goes, give in, will you? All right, you can have your answer because you've nagged me to death. That's obviously the Steve Campbell amplified version, but it's somewhere along that line. And the point of the parable is this. God's not like that. You don't have to nag him. Oh, you may need to persevere in prayer, but you don't need to nag him. Sometimes we just need to give our prayer to God and leave him. Put it on a list somewhere and revisit it later. Because sometimes there are prayers that you prayed that you don't even really have been answered. You know, have been answered. In fact, God is so desirous of hearing your prayers. There are some prayers that have only been thought in your mind that God's heard as a prayer. Did you think to pray? Did you think to pray? Your thought, that's how we can pray continually. One day I was in my office in the previous church and I was doing some study and there was a particular set of commentaries that I loved by William Barclay, but I didn't own them. My colleague, Ivor, did. And so I had to go over to his office and take off the commentary that I wanted. And I had, had them on my desk one day and I was really enjoying reading them and I thought to myself, I would really like my own commentaries. 
As soon as I said that, there was a knock on the door downstairs. I went down. There was a lady standing there with two plastic bags. She said, I've been decluttering my house. This is before Kona Wona, whatever her name is, uh, came along. She said, I've been decluttering my house, and I don't want these anymore. Would anyone be interested? And she gave them to me, and I opened them. Guess what was in there? Full commentary set, well, except for one, the Gospel of Luke was missing. I had to go and buy that later. And I took them up to my, and I thought, I didn't even pray that. I just said, God, in my mind, I just said, I'd like, I'd like Ivers. To be honest, I was coveting Ivers. I was, I was considering stealing them. <laughs> Would he notice? But I just, I'd like them. And I got my own. Still got them at home if you want to come and see them. No, you can't borrow them. God hears your prayers before you've even answered them. It's not a tug of war. It's not a ritual to relieve guilt. Can I just say, I don't know whether any of you got this kind of background. It's certainly not in the Bible. Where if you've sinned, that you can find some relief by repeating certain prayers on rote. And it may be because it's a bigger sin, you may need to say more prayers. What that made prayer as a drudgery. Well, prayer is meant to be a delight. It's meant to be part of your relationship, your conversation with God, because he wants to hear your voice. It's not to make you guilty. Prayer is not a duty. It's a privilege. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, warned us against meaningless repetition. God wants to hear your prayers. I was when a young man leading a church... And I used to pray on a certain place in my room. It was on a steel back chair. I used to sit at the side of my bed. I'd put my head on it and I would pray. Honestly, nine times out of ten I fell asleep. Anyone else ever had that struggle? No, just me. Oh, thanks, Kath Jones. I fell asleep. I remember one time going down and I had this big ridge in my head here. And I couldn't get rid of it through the day. And people were saying to me, what have you been doing? What's up with your head? I've been praying. And I felt so guilty. So I had another chair in my office and I started to sit in this chair and pray. And I used to read copious books, copious books. And then I went on a retreat to Kimnall Hall and it was a prayer and fasting retreat. And I remember the guy, some of you might remember him, Bryn Jones, and in the middle of this prayer time, he called me up. He called me Bach, which someone told me means little one. He called me up to the front and he sat me in a chair. And he read my mail. He said, I see you sitting in a chair. Well, that's what I've been doing. Then I see you sighing with prayer. And I see you reading lots of books. And I see this furrowed brow as you want to get it right. And you're asking, you're asking, you're asking. And this was me. So I was undone. He'd like he'd seen me there. And then he just prophesied this. Relax. Chill out. I hear you. I hear you. And do you know what? It made all the difference. When I went back, I didn't stop praying. But I sat in the chair in my office. And I used to start with this. You hear me. You hear me. 
And I want to say this to you as we draw into a close. God hears you. And don't you believe the lie that you've got to reach a certain level? He hears you. I find it amazing when parents go into a nursery and they hear the cry of their baby. That's what God does. God's longing to hear your voice. Will you pray? Not out of duty, out of delight. He loves to hear your voice. I didn't tell my wife this, but when we came back this week, Thursday, from Uganda, I had a strange experience. We're having more dreams and experiences in our life beginning of the year than we've ever had. And as I walked into the luggage area to pick up our bags, I just felt this overwhelming desire to phone my dad. My dad's dead. But it was a memory that was triggered by being in the luggage area because my dad used to worry for England. He could worry about everything. And if we went overseas, man, he was up at night worrying. He'd never travel further than Jersey. And so he was worried what would happen to us. And I remember the first thing, when my dad was alive, the first thing we used to do when we walked into the carousel area, the luggage area, first thing I did, because I knew he was worrying, I used to ring him and say, the eagle has landed. Dad, we're home. And he always used to say the same. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. He, he was glad we were back. And this overwhelming feeling came over me. I wanted to ring my dad because I wanted to hear his voice again. And then I had this thought as I was preparing. And he wanted to hear my voice. He wanted to hear my voice. I didn't tell Ange because I thought she might say, you big sissy, get over it. No, she wouldn't have done. She'd have hugged me and kissed me and said, come on, big boy. She's never said that, but that was something I would have liked to have said sometime, if you could. Uh, there we go. Appreciate it. Amen, brother. I wanted to hear my dad's voice, and I rang him because he wanted to hear mine. The essence of prayer is relationship. The essence of prayer is relationship. He loves to hear your voice. I'm going a little bit deaf in my older age. And they mock me, but this is what I do to hear better, Dan. I lean forward and I bring my ear out. I'm not going to wear a hearing aid because I've got hair to cover it. You're so vain, I bet this thing, think this song is about you, don't you? That's what you're thinking. Maybe one day I will, but I do that now so I can hear better. Do you know God says to us, incline your ear. I think God's like this, listening, waiting for your voice. It's not that he's deaf. He's not hard of hearing. He's just passionate for his children. There's been no one. That's why we pray our Father. There's been no one like our Father who loves to hear us talking, speaking. I love it with family when we, we sit around a table 
and we just talk. It's pointless chatter sometimes, let's be honest. It's just, you're not really talking about much, you're just, just talking. You can talk to God about anything. He's not saying, oh, only talk to me about the big global issues. You can talk to them as well about anything. Because he's a loving father, he's inclining his ear and he loves to hear your voice. Claire, he loves to hear your voice. Noel, welcome back. He loves to hear your voice. Who's it in the back there, on the back row? Is that Bradley? He loves to hear your voice, even in the dark. He inclines his ear. Doesn't have to be special language. Doesn't have to be all complex. Doesn't have to be long. Just get to the point. But he loves to hear your voice about anything. What's your name on the third row again? You, yeah? Sarah. He loves to hear your voice, Sarah. You're not inadequate. You're up to the task. So are all of us. It's going to be a good 40 days, isn't it? At the end of it, we're going to talk about what God has done. Praise Him with a meal. On the 25th of Feb, praise, what are we calling it? A mega feast or something, I don't know. Just made that up. Prayer feast. Prayer feast. We'll come and celebrate the goodness of God. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. God, you are so good. Lord, you've been good to me all my life. Your loving kindness never fails. God of compassion, God of truth, God of mercy, God of grace. Thank you that you love to hear my voice, the voice of everyone. And you pick us all out as though we were the only one in the world. That's how good you are. Pray for all of us as we go from here. We don't go with any burden on our backs that says, I'm not up to it. We're up to it. That says, I'm inadequate. You're adequate. The God won't hear me. He's listening. I rebuke and break every lie of the devil that keeps us stumb. And I pray for release lips. Release lips. To speak to our Heavenly Father, the God in heaven, who hears and answers prayers. Amen. Now just with our heads bowed, eyes closed, before we sing this last beautiful song, Be Still. I just want to ask if there are any here you've never come to know God as your Father. You've never asked Jesus to take control of your life, and you can do that. Guess, the, guess how it's done? Through a prayer, through communication. And I'm going to pray a prayer out loud that we're all going to pray. Let's pray together, church. And at the end of it, I'm going to just simply say, if you prayed this for the first time, or maybe you've come home to God today, you want to identify yourself, said, I use that prayer to recommit my life to Jesus Christ, then you can raise your hand as well. I'm just going to ask at the end of the prayer, yes, I prayed that today for the first time or reconnecting with God. And we'd love to applaud heaven and give you a gift as you go on your way. And we'd love for you to be part of this family and join us if you're not part of another church. So let's pray this. And at the end, I'll ask you to respond. All pray out loud. Say this. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you 
for your amazing love. I choose you this day as my Lord and Saviour. Forgive me for self-centred living. I want to centre my life around you. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for loving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And just with the heads bowed, eyes closed, you pray that for the first time or maybe reconnecting with God this morning. We just raise your hand and say yes today. Anybody in the room here, just raise your hand quickly so I can see you. Anyone here on my right today? Anyone here in the centre? Anyone here on the left? Decided to follow Jesus. Thank you. Well done, guys. Spotting that. Anybody else? Just raise him, put it down quickly. Beautiful. Come on, let's give God thanks for his presence with us. Let's stand.